Hi, and welcome to another fabulous episode of EDM Obscura. I am, as always, Hypotect. Uh, Pat Sandwich cannot be with us. He is currently out in the ether, and we're not sure when we'll see him again, but we'll we wish him we wish him the best. Uh, Vadis is here with us today. He should be coming back to us shortly. He's also in a different kind of ether. But most importantly, our guest Starblade is here. Starblade, how's it going? It's going well. How about you? Good. You like that uh, very radio-y uh, introduction? Yeah, it sounded very uh, like calming. and Yeah, it's good. Right. I had a, a friend tell me that I like like a very NPR kind of voice, which I think is very yes. juxtaposed to the uh, contents of what I usually say. And it's interesting because, as you probably know, Pat Sandwich used to host a very famous show on NPR, the, uh, the Sex Shop with Pat Sandwich. I'm not familiar with that. I, I am not a really an avid radio listener, but I do agree that you have quite a talk radio voice. Well, I appreciate it. How, how, are, how are things? Things are good. I'm just kind of going through college classes, and if I get the inspiration, I'll whip up some music. Uh, other than that, I'm just playing video games and hanging out. Honestly, uh, I think Vadis, Vadis does that. Vadis plays video games and hangs out. That's cool. Yeah, it's hard to find people that do that. <laughs> I don't really do. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I do either of those things per se. Yeah, it, I was kidding though. Most people do. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm terrible. I'm very bad at relaxing. It's, uh, you know, sort of I, personal I really, problem. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I have anxiety, so I, that's me all the time. Just, um, but yeah, let's. Um, so, what are what are the uh, musical projects that you're working on, and what do you want me to address you as? Like, is Starblade cool? Yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, so some musical projects I'm working on. Right now, I've got like a folder of like over a hundred unfinished FLPs you know, like project files. Yep. And I really, um, for my last two albums, I had a pretty clear like vision um, before I made them of like kind of a general idea of what I wanted them to be. But this time I really don't have anything like that. So I'm kind of just sitting with these unfinished projects and I'm working on them a little bit at a time. And then once I've got a, a handful of tracks, then I think I'm going to put them together for like a, a mashup album. Nice. Yeah. My previous albums were more like they kind of had like a story to them and they were kind of like uh, like full experiences. But I think for my next project, it's going to be more like uh, just a regular EDM album with just some bangers. That's my that's the idea anyway. Right. That's what uh, that's what Vadis is really into, right, Vadis? Bangers are awesome, dude. That's my stuff right there. What do you mean, like, a, making an EP of just, like, pure bangers with, like, no sort of narrative arc to it? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't... My songs hardly ever connect, so if I if I were to release an EP or an album, you know, it, it wouldn't be a cohesive story, for sure. Yeah, I'm stepping into that uh, category for the first time. 
Right, stepping away from something I would do, which is I'm, I'm more of a storyteller. I consider myself a storyteller, first and foremost, actually. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so why don't you tell, tell us a story? What's your, what's your background? Um, what do you want to know about? Like, what, what about my background? My musical background? or Where you grew anything. up? With, yeah. Um, um, what the food culture is like there? The food culture? What genres you produce? For sure. Um, I grew up in California. I was born in California. I'm still in California right now. Um, how's, how's, how is that? At the moment, it's really hot, but, you know, I prefer being here than a lot of other states right now because uh, schools are not open, which is good because I live with my grandma and I can't really risk putting her in any danger. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm glad that I'm here and that all schools are online right now because uh, that just helps me, you know, have a little bit more faith in humanity. And are right. you, what's up? Are you, are you in Northern or Southern? Like, are you impacted by these fires at all? The, the fires, um, I'm in Southern California. I'm in OC. So by the, by the water, um, and uh, yeah, the fires, I have not been uh, directly impacted by the fires, but I've seen like the whole sky turn like gray and ashy. And uh, I've gotten a couple days where there are warnings on the weather uh, that say air quality is dangerous, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah, it yeah, really is. Say, um... But I was um, selecting the color for uh, the signs that are going into a building I designed. And uh, Orange County was actually the color of the the quality of orange we picked. And it's interesting because, you know, your county is called Orange County. And soon your skies will also probably be equal <laughs> orange. Damn, yeah, wouldn't that be fitting? And as far wow. as food culture, I think, I mean... I usually like to eat um, kind of a mixture of a lot of different things. I feel like I eat a lot of nuts and berries, and I do eat meat and uh, dairy. But you're like mainly like a forager. Yeah, yeah. I like I just go to the grocery store and I just like get you know like snacks. Like I, I eat in little bursts, um, but I do also right. get fast food. Um, I like to get you know like panda or like ch chipotle stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so you're not obtaining these nuts and berries from like a wooded glen or something? No, I am not. Uh, that would be cool, but no, I'm just getting it from the grocery store. But that being said, they kind of, they've been horrible. Like, I haven't eaten berries in a while because every time I go to the store to buy some blueberries, let's say, they're all just rotten and mushy. I mean, every time. I've done it like five times now. I don't know. That is, that, that is legit a very bad problem with blueberries. Yeah, and it's gotten a lot worse because of the, the farming conditions with COVID and everything. Okay. As far as the genres that I like to produce, I would say IDM is the number one thing. But um, All right, and how would you define that? Because I think that, like, that's a weird genre to define. I think different people have different conceptions of what that means. So for me, IDM means that you can pretty much do anything and it 
and it's okay. Like literally anything. Like if I wanted to make a song using like a pot and a pan and then like, um, I don't know, put a guitar, me slapping a guitar strings over it or something, you know, that's, that's IDM, but also just like a synth wave orchestral, uh, like hybrid track would also fall under IDM. I just feel like it encompasses everything since I do with so many different things, I feel like. Right. It's like, it's kind of, I guess, more like an easier umbrella for you than like a specific term. Yes. But if I did have to go a little bit more specific, um, I would first and foremost say electronic or EDM. Um, and more specifically than that, I do like to make a uh, dubstep and synth wave kind of stuff. Sometimes that mixes together. Um, I've okay. also gotten the feedback on my tracks that it sounds like a composition from a movie or something like Hans Zimmer or something. All right. So you I know guess about can... Hans Zimmer, right, Vatus? Hans Zimmer is one of my idols and, um, Starblade, it's, it's nice to be talking to another producer who has very cinematic things. I look forward to hearing them. Another Hans head, as you guys recall it. Uh, yeah, he's one of my idols, too. It's great. I, I, I will take Hans head as a compliment. That guy is amazing. Yeah, me too. I, th I think he's doing it right. Um, I'm kind of in the camp with, like, Dead Mouse, where he's, he's kind of living the life where he sort of gets to, like, stay in one place, and he has, like, different teams working on stuff and he just like pops in and there's like this is dope change this change this and then he moves on to like the next team you know oh, i didn't know that's how he's been doing things it sounds pretty yeah, chill yeah. but i will say that i i really haven't been a big fan of his more recent just like the past year or two uh, i feel i've been kind of underwhelmed uh, you know i was i have a huge dead mouse fan but the the last his his main albums are great and i just i want another one you know <laughs> that's where it really is. that's what it really is for me right well we actually hate dead mouse on this podcast i just i he, i just i remember him saying something about hans at some point gotcha yeah right about us dead mouse and 311 we don't talk about him don't talk about him strict rule all right i'm fine with that What's your uh, stance on 311? What is that? Is that so, an artist? Yeah. Yes. I actually never heard of him. I'll let Vatus describe them. Okay. No, I got. I think that's enough said. I think we're good for this podcast. <laughs> okay. Well said. But um, what what artist influence you you said then? Hans was an example. Yeah, I would say the biggest influence on me is definitely Alexander Venture Savant. He's been like okay, cool, yeah, hugest influence on me. Uh, I've been listening to him since I don't know, I was like thirteen or something. I've listened. I've probably listened to his stuff for like thousands of hours. I don't know. Right, I just put in your uh, ten ten thousand hours on on listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, some other influences right. is uh, like Mr. Bill a little bit. Um, Skrillex, okay. definitely. Virtual Riot. With, um, familiar with Mr. Bill. Also familiar with the other two. Yeah. Um, also, Thomas Bergerson, a Norwegian uh, composer who makes like trailer music. 
um, huge. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know Thomas. Not, yeah. not personally. I don't know why I called him Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great, I, and he influenced me a lot as well. And I just even uh, recently picked up a orchestral, some orchestral plugins, and I'm gonna give a give that a try. Nice. Which ones did you pick up? Uh, the ones from Contact or what? Are, Native Instruments. That's the one. They're like uh, they have like a brass and string suite kind of a thing. So I just. Oh right! Did you like get like complete thirteen or something? Uh yeah called it yeah um badass has been excited he was texting me the other day about how he got alicia's keys oh, i yeah. love it <clears throat> nice i have not used which that i one. believe is mr bill's go-to piano sound as well is it okay i didn't know that it's it is so rich it's so nice i'll have to check it um, out sometime Speaking of, of cinematic influences, uh, have you looked up Alex Mukala? I haven't. He's he's on YouTube and he's got like, hey, this is how you make cinematic trailers in whatever DAW you're using. That sounds like it could be That's very useful. What was that name again for the uh, yeah. audience at home? I believe it's Alex Mukala. I might be mispronouncing that, but uh, not Alex Bukaki. Definitely not Alex Bukaki. I'm definitely gonna look that up myself as well. Don't, don't look up Alex Bukaki. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna look up both. You can't stop me. Perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want the authority to do so. Speaking of the authority, do so, you guys hear uh, which one? Uh, Snowden was on Rogan re again recently. I um, did not, but now I do. You hear about that, all about us? I, I'm sorry. What was the question? Are you are you even are you even are you here? I I am. My my wife is coming in and out. We're good. We're settled now. <laughs> Usually more of the man's job, but okay. Um, wow. Yeah, did you hear, uh, you hear that Edward Snowden was on uh, Rogan recently? No. I need to check that out. I was listening to Rogan coming back from Austin today. Which, which episode did you listen to? No idea. I was in a car with three other people, and it was on somebody else's phone. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it was a great talk. It sort of ties back a lot of the uh, problems we're having right now to generally people not being uh, like civil toward one another and toward uh, the Bush the Bush administration, really. That sounds dope. So did so, they did they do that remote like we're doing it or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did it remote. I mean, probably not on Discord, but. Well, well, yeah, but well. I mean, there's there's no way that Snowden came to actually. Joe Rogan records in Austin. Believe that or not. Yeah, no, I'm 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 up with it. I appreciate the architecture of his new space, even though most people dislike it. Where is his house? Because we were talking about that. Not sure, but also, did you hear that 
Um, Rogan wants to host a four-hour presidential debate. Oh, Lord. That's going to get interesting real fast. Um, Oh, yeah. And Donald Trump has already agreed to it on Twitter. Oh, my God. Um, I do not want it to happen. I originally, I thought it would be very funny, but I realized that for the uh, sake of my country, I do not want Biden put on the spot like that. I don't think he could handle the pressure. I think Biden could, but I think he wouldn't appreciate Joe's humor. I just, I don't think he has it in him to to go toe-to-toe with Trump like that. I think he does in person. I, 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 I don't agree. <laughs> I don't have that much. I have enough faith in him to be the leader of this country, but I do not have enough faith in him to verbally battle Donald Trump for four hours. I'm checking out the new set, and I think it looks great. It's got that, that red, black. I like the line right. design. It's very cool. But this isn't about bricks. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this this, this has somehow become a like podcast the about the Joe Rogan podcast. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure there are enough of those. Yes. Um, okay, so what uh, what DAW are you using these days? You You kind oh. of... You teased at it earlier, but I did, and now I have the big reveal. I use uh, FL Studio Twenty. Ta-da. It's FL my favorite. Guy. Very yeah, nice. It started with me uh, listening to Savant and wondering, "Hey, what? How did he do that?" And then I looked into it, and I saw that he uses FL Studio. I literally didn't know that there were like of any other DAWs at the time besides GarageBand, maybe. <laughs> so um, I just went straight to FL, and that's where I've been all this time. Nice. And what do you like? What 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 do you like about FL? What keeps you there? Well, I have used Ableton. Uh, I did take a class on it in college, and I do and I do come back to oh, FL. So you're, like, because, uh, you're actually like studying like audio in college then. Yeah, I am now. I just uh, uh, you like composition or live audio or what? Yeah, yeah. It's to to be honest with you, it's more of a beginner class on how to operate Ableton. So it's not really the main reason I took the class was to socialize and uh, and branch out and like meet other producers. Um, right. Because I kind of already. I mean, I didn't know how to use Ableton, so I learned that. But other than that. I didn't really learn anything uh, production-wise because it's a beginner class. But I did meet some great people, and uh, I did learn a lot from that. That I learned quite a bit from, actually, just talking to other producers and sharing stuff. Um, But back to the original question, uh, the reason I come back to FL is because, well, first, it's pretty, prettier. It's just kind of like nicer. It's got like a nice palette to it, you know? And it kind of it feels smooth um, to me, and uh, the workflow is just perfect for for what I need to do. So I just can't really imagine like another one. I feel like if I have an idea, I can just go in FL, um, draw out the MIDI, and do whatever I need to do pretty pretty quickly. Right, but you're a you're a draw out the MIDI guy. You're not a play it in kind of fella. 
yeah, I don't really play any, any instruments, actually. I just play the computer. Right. You play the orchestra, so to speak. Yes. That's a good way. I think there's, I think there's something to be said for that. Cause I mean, I, I play piano, but on my finished tracks, I've drawn it in. It's not me playing live. I mean, I'll, I'll come up with it live, but then when I actually put it into, you know, Ableton, which is what I use, I'll draw mm -hmm. it in. So that way I, I can get that timing exactly where I want. Yeah. I think drawing, I mean, drawing it in is the way to go for, for me at least. I also think that playing an actual instrument is like very counterproductive in terms of just like the sheer amount of time you're going to spend doing something. For example, the past few weeks I've been playing guitar the upwards of an hour a day and it's not helped my productions at all. But yeah, I, some, I, I know agree. I know like 30 jazz chords now. Hey, there you go. But I haven't been producing as a result. Which is right. Yeah. yeah. But when you when you go back, you'll have those chords ready to use in your knowledge bank now. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what I'm like saying. It's like counterproductive. I'm not saying it's not useful. If it wasn't useful, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, it's just kind of learning Touché. something else, and it's like being able to play the guitar is not required to be a good producer. I think right. that's what you're trying to say, right? It's very, it's 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 a lot more secondary than I think a lot of like an older generation would think it is and would say that it is. Yeah, I, I would I agree with that. <clears throat> so let's uh um, let's let's talk VSTs. All right, let's VSTs. Do it. So let's do your top five and let's start at the bottom five. Actually, what are your five most hated VSTs? That is a good question. Um, I think one of my most okay. This is going to be a weird one because I still use it all the time, but I kind of hate Fruity Limiter. Um, okay, I, I I stopped using it as an actual limiter, and I only use it for side chaining now, like as a compressed uh, compression side chain. Um, but the limiting itself, I always struggled to like get it the way I wanted it, and if I did adjust things to a certain point, it would just get really like over. It was really easy for me to over or under compress the track um, when it came to the the limiting of the clip of the zero dB. So I started using right. soft, soft Clipper instead uh, for that purpose and just disabled the, the Fruity Limiter, and I only use it for sidechaining. Um, and then let me think about another plugin that I, that I hate. Um, I, I also have some problems with uh, Effector because uh, I, I like it for certain things, but also it has a lot of, like, conflicting uh properties when i'm using it sometimes it'll just like leave a distortion on the entire track even if i disable it at certain points and it just it kind of messes with things i'm not sure why but i've had For quite the, a um, uninitiated what's the what's effector effector is like a multi-purpose filter kind of a thing uh you can add like distortion lo-fi uh flaying phase uh filter vox grain stereo reverb it's just like this multi-purpose kind of like fx module and it comes stock with gotcha. studio um i'm not sure if i have more that i don't like that i can list i think 
those are the main ones that I could think of. Um, as for my favorites, um, one of my favorites is definitely uh, OTT, of course. Okay, solid, solid. I mean, definitely just, solid pick there. You just you just slap it on to like uh, something that you need to be more powerful and intense, and there you have it. You know, it's really really useful. Um, but I think my number one, though, even above OTT, would be Serum. I use it for pretty much all my sound design and all my uh, music is like 99% Serum. I think, Badgers, you do that as well, right? Uh, yes. It's definitely my my top one other than my orchestral plugins, but Serum is right up there. Yeah, Serum is great. I, I've made so many new sounds with it, and you can organize it in a way that uh, makes sense and I, I just yeah I can't get enough of it um, my favorite drum plugin is a uh, FPC it's a uh, it's like this drum kit that you can pl put your um, samples into and then they translate to the piano roll so it just okay. helps it it puts it all into one instead of like having you know like dragging it onto the playlist by itself which I used to do but I, I like this better now it also, one of the reasons why I started using this is because it's really easy for me to assign it, uh, each sound to a different channel and uh, put special effects on each one because it's all in one plugin, but it gives you that option. Right, right. And then, yeah, uh, like, <clears throat> like uh, Vadis was saying, I really like my contact uh, orchestral plugins. They've, especially the, the uh, string ensemble is great um i use it on a lot of tracks recently and i find it to give a lot of like emotion and spirit to whatever i use it on it is it nice. any of the good orchestral ones are amazing to work with um speaking of since we're both uh zimmer heads or zim heads whatever it was hypa haunt heads Hans heads. There Hans we go. Heads. Yeah. With the, with the alliteration of the H. Gotcha. Um, yeah. That's why, that's why the comedy works. Have you seen his little excerpt from his master class on how he does his fade ins and fade outs? Like, like, uh, on the dark Knight theme where it, the horns just got way loud, but they started soft. Have you seen that one? You know, now that you mention it, it sounds like I may have watched it a long time ago, but I can't recall the details. He's using volume automation on one note to make it change the uh, velocity. That's how he does it. Like he'll start at a low volume with full velocity and then crank that volume all the way up. Oh, that's nice. interesting. I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds yeah. pretty cool. Check it out and give it a shot. I've been doing it on some of my tracks, and it just takes the the symphonic layers to that next level of realism. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm definitely. I mean, I'm sure there's even more tips in in that masterclass as well. I'm. I, I, I completely forgot that he had a masterclass. To be honest, I definitely. Yeah, that's probably why his tracks are his songs have been so bad lately. He was too busy doing his masterclass. Oh yeah, I mean. That's that was a uh, quip I was going to say earlier. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't listened to his recent stuff. Like, what is it? Dark Phoenix or Wonder Woman 84 or something. I haven't listened to it, but 
Blade Runner 2049 is the last thing I heard, and I thought it was brilliant. Blade Runner was good. Okay. I've heard I've heard a little bit of Wonder Woman, but it doesn't stick out. To me, Dark Knight and Inception, those days were were the golden age, right. you know but what I mean? It's like a classic, but like kind of like super cliche at this point, sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. I can my I can give you my like top uh, three Hans Zimmer uh, projects if you're interested. Yeah, we'd love that. And then maybe we'll um, dive right into listening to your EP and talking about those songs. Let's get any other awesome. things you think that people need to know about you before we do that. Okay, yeah, I think there is one thing I do want to uh, talk about my background uh, before we do that, and then I'm super down to do that. And uh, yeah, as for my favorite Hans Zimmer projects, I would say Kung Fu Panda is up there. In no particular order, I'm just going to give you three. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, um, Blade Runner Kung 2049. Yeah, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, yeah, so Kung Fu Panda trilogy, um, particularly the, uh, the second and first one are the best. I think the third one, that like Kai theme is a little bit boring to me, but some people like it. I don't know. Um, and then I really like Interstellar. There we go. That, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, Inter- Interstellar was pretty phenomenal yeah absolutely I mean, i'm such a sucker for like the blade runner sounds in general though oh yeah it, it me too I, like i adore that movie it's my favorite movie that's good taste thank you but you guys hear that uh mr uh, jared leto is going to star in the new tron movie really wait, oh wait, yeah wait, there's there's a, new, i did hear this is that. news there's new there's a new tron movie coming out yeah, there's a third Tron I'm movie. I'm excited. I think Jared Leto has reached out to score. There we go. He gets so much hate. I don't get it. I think I I don't this know. Is... He's a weird person in real life, I guess. Maybe that's why. Well, I hear he kind of fashions himself like a cult leader, almost like to the point of like irony. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does kind um, of look like that. But he also like holds like a thing called a Camp Mars, where he'll just invite people to a hangout on an island and if you like pay like four grand you can actually spend 10 minutes with in his presence or something oh god yeah that's not not cool um but he also um still good acting as known to be um a forward and aggressive let's say with uh members of the opposite sex it's mm, unfortunate yeah, I guess if you have that kind of a superiority complex, you're not going to be holding yourself back. Right. Um, it's a very, like, I guess, idiom obscura thing to, like, say, but it is kind of, like, funny. And I, uh, funny is not the right word, but it's, like, kind of fucked up. That, like, he's the only person I've heard of, like, you know, rumors them, like, being abusive, where, like, his dick size comes into play. Really? I didn't even know. Yeah, so the whole thing is that, like, he has supposedly he has about nine inches and he like isn't particularly um what's the word? He isn't particularly forgiving with with that, if you will. Oh, like he he's, talks about it too much. Well no, he's just like he's very forceful and he's sort of oh. packing that big of a punch, let's say. I see what you mean. You get what I'm you get what I'm putting down? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
I mean, this is all kind of like well-worn hearsay, internet hearsay at this point. <clears throat> it's new to me, but yeah, it sounds what like What about you, Vass? You hear about Jared Leto's nine inches? <laughs> uh, not something that I had, had even heard of until right now. I was today years old. You and me both. Well, to be fair, I did. I wasn't like, how big is Jared Leto's dick? It just... I had heard reports that he was a not great dude, and that was part of those reports. You know, sometimes I worry about your search history. You know that? <laughs> Why is that? Let's get into this. Just, I mean, <laughs> you, you got some odd facts. I would have never come across Jared Leto's um, endowment in anything I ever come across. So, um, Well, I let... I'm a very curious, I'm a very curious man, let's say. He's just on another level of knowledge and information. I, um, I have a um, very pure obsession with obtaining information. There you Not, go. like, to be superior to other people, but kind of to share with people, because... Yeah. I don't know, I think information should be shared, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Information <laughs> should always be shared. Yeah. Which is why the government should release what the information about what they're hiding from us about in their surveillance state that they've created. There's probably just like mountains of secrets that they they're hiding. I would I would venture right, and they're like literally hidden inside of like mountains in Nevada. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I mean if if it wasn't that much and it wasn't that abrasive, why is Ed Edward Snowden deemed an enemy of the people? And a traitor. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Same with, uh, what's his name? Julian, Assa Julian Assange? Oh, yeah, Not he's Julian back in... Blanc. Julian, yeah. Julian he's Blanc back in... is an enemy of the people. Yeah, you're talking about Assange, but yeah, he's he's back in headlines for... Didn't he get subpoenaed for something? Bullshit happened. It was, a, it was three hours of a podcast. I, I couldn't possibly pay attention to that much. Touche. So for any jazz fans out there, um, if you're familiar with Bill Evans' work, uh, that would be yeah. my grandfather. Oh, wow. I am a big fan of his work. Awesome. Yeah, I never met him because, you know, he died a um, long, long time ago. But yeah, yeah, I wish I could have. Definitely very weird um, growing up in that situation because my parents would a lot of the time kind of introduce me as Bill Evans' grandson, which felt kind of like depersonalizing or like dehumanizing. I wasn't yeah, like, you, like, like how so? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that treatment. Um, but you weren't yourself. It's they were like riding his legacy with you, you know. Absolutely. Right. Yes, that's right. Um, and so I kind of grew to like hate that whole idea. I never even like checked out his music or anything. But over the past few years, you know, I kind of just read up on it, checked it out. And yeah, you know, he's my grandfather. So of course, it just like clicked. I just really liked it. I mean, a lot of people really like it. But you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's one of my favorite jazz composers. And this is something I'm somebody who listens to uh, a fair amount of jazz for my age i would say awesome yeah i think 
I, uh, I was one of those people, uh, ironically, who thought jazz was like dead and stupid and I didn't get it. Um, but now I, I've, I've done a complete 180 on it and I think it's like should be kept alive at all costs. Weird thoughts about where it is right now because I'm like not huge on like the R&B sort of fusion and I think it's called, uh, Adam Dealey calls it a Dilla jazz. Like that has like absolutely zero appeal to me. Me too. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of that. Um, but, you know, I think if jazz goes in a direction more electronic, that's totally cool. Just like improv right, right. in general, just like the spirit of it. It doesn't have to be like a double bass and a pianist and a trombone player or whatever, you know. I think that's okay to die. But jazz itself um, and the history of jazz should not be forgotten. Absolutely. Um, I think I think it's also really cool that I we're starting to see a more mainstream version of it kind of coming back. Um, yeah, I think it's it's having another life because people are because on one hand you have like the sort of de- quote unquote death of melody, and so naturally you have this backlash where people are making like hyper melodic stuff. Oh, that um, sounds good. Do you have any? Uh, and then refer me to because I I have not heard about about this. Well, I mean, like, there's, like, the stuff, like, Jake Collier has been doing with, like, the sort of this microtonal movement and whatnot that's, like, very, very cool. What's his name? Jake Collier. Collier. J-A-K-E-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Oh, okay, got it. Cool. I'll check that out because I'm interested in, like, what new people are doing. I mean, what people are doing. Oh, with Jacob. Jazz. Sorry, Jacob, not Jake. Jake is a MMA fighter. Jacob is a. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, cool. I'll check that out. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, he's um been getting. He's been like a big advocate of like the microtonal movement, which I'm like kind of very excited about, personally. Could you explain like uh, in a layman term, like what that means, the microtonal movement? Um. So, I mean, there's, like, a few different ways you can think about it. So if you think about it, like, the fact that, like, every note is in some way a function of, like, a hertz value, right? Like, um, what is it, like, four, four, 440 hertz is, like, an is like an A in right. uh, the second octave, potentially. Gotcha. Um, and so you divide, you divide that. I'm butchering it so so terribly. Um, Don't worry. But so you have like the range of an octave is divided into twelve notes, and that's sort of what Western harmony has been built off of, and it's sort of built off of the function of a sine wave, I believe. That part might not be right. No, Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think I've heard that too. Yeah, that sounds right. Right. So what he's sort of advocating for is that like what we call 12 tone harmony or equal temperament like we shouldn't be limited to that like there are you know because in other cultures there are things like 16 16 tone harmony that take up the same sort of space if you will and it's just how you divide the divide those frequencies yeah i suppose uh when you really get down to it it is arbitrary isn't it to an extent right 
Well, and then there's the other thing where people will tune down from 440 hertz to 432 hertz or something like that and then use the same sort of Western Western 12-tone harmony. Oh, okay, just like a slight uh, decrease in the amount of hertz. Yeah, that's right. that's called, I think, isn't that called like true tune or something? Where it's like, something like that. the actual mathematical number of what it's supposed to be. It's it's a little bit off by default because I can't, I, I'm going to butcher it just like you were doing, but uh, there's like, a, there's a loop that you can play and it's literally the exact same notes over and over and over and over again. But if they're mm -hmm. in that true tune, they will continue to rise in pitch even though you're playing the exact same keys on a keyboard, just with the way the right, tuning right. the piano works. That's interesting. I never heard about it's that. It's wild. I'll see I'll see if I can I will I'll send it to you after we, we do this, but it, it was absolutely wild Thank to you. see it happen live. Yeah, I can imagine. Um before we get into my EP, I do need to go pee real quick, so I'll be right back. All right. So we'll have Kyle we'll have not Kyle, I don't know who Kyle is. Well, Hypotech's opinion corner, corner. And you know what, what's upsetting me right now, Venice? What you got, man? What's pissing you off? Here's what's pissing me off. Okay. I've, I've talked about this in places, but I want to make this, you know, I want to put this on the record. Um, so Adam Neely came out with a video a few weeks ago called Music Theory is Racist, right? Uh, Adam Neely, the guy that does all the breakdowns and stuff? The ja yeah, the jazz, the jazz yeah. bass dude. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And it was explaining how, you know, the way music theory is taught is basically derivative of the way, you know, 18th century composers thought about harmony. And that is what we call music theory. And is completely ignorant of any other quote-unquote theories of music from around well, the world I think, and from different cultures. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that statement, but as long as he's addressing it as Western music theory, you know, you can you can right, go exactly. study Eastern music or Middle Eastern music or right. But you know, the fact that like those aren't included in our in the Western teaching of what we call music theory, and the fact that we specifically called that music theory when like you said there are eastern harmonies and other things like that that also are um part of the theory of literally part of the theory of music you know is that is just is it just that concept that grinds your gears or is there something specific no. about that oh no what grinds my gears is that he later he got a lot of hate for it and changed the title to something else he changed the title to it he like bowed down to like haters oh i gotcha well, i think he was i think he was completely on base with well yeah no it's, it's an accurate problems. statement i think my question would be is he changed it to music theory and white supremacy <laughs> he bitched he, he bitched out because of the haters <laughs> That is what bothers me. <laughs> Do you admit a clickbaiting inflammatory title that is accurate and then got too much hate for it and bowed down? That's the that's the part that bothers me. 
No, that that kind of bothers me too. I, I I was gonna say, you know, what's what's the flip side of that coin is when they're like, if you're studying music in another culture, do they teach Western or do they teach their own and ignore Western? You know, how does that play in? I, but I, I don't think that that's important. You know, I don't think it's important that we look at what our neighbor is doing. I think it's important that we set set the example. You have to uh, be the change you want to see in the world. But right. even then, because um, because you know, Western music is like the dominant form of music in terms of what people hear around the world. Western harmony still does dominate. You know, the world's ear. For sure. For sure. Welcome back, Starlight. Thank you. Good to be back. You ready to break down this EP? I am. Let's do it.
so bad. It's first impressions. Okay. Yeah. That was all over the map, but I loved every second of it. Yeah, that's fucking sick. Thank you very much. How many layers? I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> Let me. I can check for you <laughs> if you like. It's like a hundred and forty. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> Did you uh, catch the yeah. little uh, bong rip sample I put I threw in there? Uh, so, I didn't. Is that at the beginning of the second drop? Yes. No, it was. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It was at the second half of the first drop. Oh, then no, I heard something else. Yeah, I think I, I think I missed that one. I was too busy just banging my head back and forth, dude. That was dope. Oh, yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. Talk to us about how this song came together. Sure. So um, I, it was started with that drum beat, but like one, two, one, one, two. So I wanted to make that in a drop. Um, so I just put that drum beat down and I just started messing with shit and it just kind of, it just kind of happened. And then I kind of decided that I wanted to make it like a cool, like kind of, kind of like a throwback near the end there, like a throwback to like old trance a little bit house trance. Um, and then right. like the, uh, yeah, with the, with the drum loop, like kind of outro and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, how it was like that the reverb was like echoing and stuff just kind of like a nice little break from the aggressive part um as for the layers um you know let me see i'm gonna go to drops let's just tell you so when you say layers do you mean like how many uh different like instruments did i use or yeah yeah no, for sure individual like audio layers are there uh, let's likes to know the layers. It's about like 20, 25. Well, in, in just the drop or the whole track? The whole track. I uh, do a so lot of... Yeah, I, I make it sound like more than it is. I, I like... I kind of like found an efficient way to do that. Um, I like... I First of all, I make the one sound sound like a combination of multiple sounds, but it's actually just one sound. And then on top of that, right. I do tons of automation, um, which makes it sound a lot more interesting and different each time. Well, yeah, no, I could tell it was like automated all over the place, but I like that like the builds like made sense, like everything kind of flowed. It wasn't just like you weren't like showing off, you know what I mean? Like you were doing like very yeah. impressive things, but like they like worked in context. That is great to hear. Yeah, no, for sure. There, there was, there was a couple moments where I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he was gonna go there, but it's perfect." Where are we going next? Awesome. I, that's my goal is to like keep the listener guessing. That's like my number one goal, but like not in a bad way. <laughs> you want to give them what they want in a way that they didn't expect to give get it. Exactly. Right. I think I definitely uh, took that from Savant because that's kind of something he does, changing it up like every five seconds or whatever. Um, so right, that's right. definitely the inspiration for that idea came from from that. And then I threw in a bong rip because I just thought it would sound cool and like the lighter flick before the drop because I, I kind of, as I kept making this track, it kind of gave me like 
uh, fiery vibes. So I kind of just went with that. So I went with the lighter, the bong rip, and then I also added like, um, you know, Bakugo from My Hero Academia. I added in like a sample of him screaming, uh, how it's right. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with the with the the nani. And yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of Billie Eilish influence then with the lighter flip. I, I don't know. I didn't know she did that. I, I don't... Phineas didn't, but yeah. Oh, okay, for sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, think um, the influence you just like, came what, from... like Lit matches to like make a snare sound. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know about that. I, I have not really listened to Billie Eilish, actually. Miss Snow. I will check She's out. pretty good. She did. She did the uh, the new um, the new Bond theme that's coming out this yeah. year. Oh, that's cool. And it's that's maybe, maybe it, out this year. I, I think they slated it for November like a week ago. So, oh. do you have any more uh, questions about that track? No, I was just like super impressed by. It. I don't know that I had any personal questions. I definitely hear the synthwave and like the IDM influence are like ringing like very clear. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. That was. Like yeah. Like, I, I'm going to get off this and I'm going to play it for my wife and be like, yep, nope, we found a new artist. Deal with it. Oh, right. Exactly. I'm, like, I'm super glad you're being like, like you're being discovered right now. Fantastic. I'm very flattered. Yeah. I mean, did you have anything else you want to talk about that went into it? Let me think. Give me a sec. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I just wanted to make something more feel that felt more alive because my last album didn't have very much dubstep. It did have a, a good amount of dubstep in it, but it was more like hard hitting, like kind of res, just like one sound, just like you know. Um, right, right. Not not entirely, but something about this track just felt more like organic. I think is the word, which is why I put it on this EP, which is all about a tumor. So. <laughs> um, that's kind of, yeah. That's kind of what it, what it is. And then I kind of. So did you did you have a tumor? No, I know I ha I have not had any tumor, or I don't know anyone with this condition. I just look. I I don't remember how I found it. Maybe it was on r slash fifty fifty or something, but I just thought it was a it's really cool right. and disgusting um, condition that exists. Um, because the EP uh, is called Teratoma. Right, and there is a track. The last track is called Teratoma. Um, and a teratoma is um, a tumor that grows teeth, hair, eyes. Um, it's gross. <laughs> Can even grow muscles. Really? Yeah. Damn. Okay, I didn't know that. Bones. Yeah. Shit. Typically on the uh, genitals. Yeah. It's horrifying. According to the Wikipedia page. Is that how Jared Leto got so endowed or what? It must be. I can't. I mean, yeah, right. Well, I think that's why he's causing these women this pain is because he has teeth on his balls, <laughs> teeth and bones and <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Takes down his pants. They're expecting like a good, good situation, and then there's another person staring at them. I mean, down there. I mean, right. That's that's not a fun time for most people. I don't think. I do. Where Where do you get your uh, album covers from? Because that artwork is. Uh interesting yeah yeah it's i get it so i i have a lot of i'm very picky 
first of all. I have a lot of instructions, like a, uh, an essay of instructions and a bunch of reference photos. And then I'll send it off to this guy that I've found on Fiverr who's done all my uh, artwork so far. Um, and he just does a great job. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at your other two on Spotify right now. Like, it's it's good art. So you're getting these for $5 as well? It's going to be more like $30, $40, but damn, if okay. it was $5, that would be... I mean, still, that's a steal, in my opinion. Oh, no, absolutely. $30 is still a steal. $40 oh, is still a steal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my logo cost me a lot more than $40, so... Damn. Yeah, I had yeah. to get a design degree. Mine cost me like seventy grand. Seventy grand? Oh, because you had to get a design degree and then you made it. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I think that's called an investment. Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm really satisfied with. I just got really lucky. Like I feel like I found someone who delivered on what I was envisioning and added to it in a great way. And yeah. And so he also awesome. he he also did the artwork of your uh, uh, purple-haired avatar. That's right. It's a uh, from my first album, Paradox Explosion, and I just kind of photoshopped the head and put that as my profile picture. Nice. Is that a fictional character or is that a representation of yourself? It looks like me, yeah, but it is a fictional character. But it, it's a representation nice. of myself. Cool. I dig that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we want to move on to the uh, next song, Neoplasm. Yes. Um, I will give. I will say one thing before we start this one because if you uh, didn't notice, it is a collab track. Um, I collaborated with this uh, guy called Retri, and he's been making some music since he's been releasing music for like two years now. And uh, he just came out with a new album that's really uh, good. It's kind of like a chill, uh, kind of like a lo-fi hip-hop kind of a thing. It's very, like, pretty. And uh, he he has a lot of, like, very, I don't know what the word is, but I guess you'll see when you listen to it. But it was great to work on him with it. Basically, I just sent it to him. I mean, he sent it to me first. I worked on it a ton. I sent it back. He added a few more things and then sent it back to me, and then I wrapped it up mix and mastered it yeah cool nice all right when i'm ready
Thank you. That ruled, um, Advantage. You good to go? Dude, that was amazing. Did you, uh, how'd you do that, uh, intro sound in, or that lead sound in the intro? Sorry. That was actually Retri. He did that lead. Or, oh. wait, I'm trying to think. I might have actually added on to the sound, but he did the melody there. I don't remember if I if I adjusted it at all. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how, but if I play it back, I could probably just... I, I feel like I could... Let me listen here. Hyper, are you asking about, like, that kind of 8-bit sound in the intro, or...? Yeah, it kind of sounds like, like a sort of like. Yeah, it, well, it's like part like chip too, and part like uh, like almost like a galaxy thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna pull up the project and just double check. But I actually am pretty sure that he did that one. Gotcha. If you like, I can ask him for you and uh, let you know what he says, though. Um, no, I mean we're just you know we're we're just you know asking you questions to oh, dive yeah. into it. Absolutely, yeah. More, more for the, uh, more for the audience. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Theater the, of mind. The other lead, though, the like more, uh, like saw synth one. Uh, that's like a reoccurring sound that I like to use. And uh, I made that one, and it's like, it's basically like a super saw with a phaser on it, and then like. What else is it? It's got some PWM and FM on it. It's like a little, it's got distortion as well. So yeah, I kind of like, like a formancy thing going on. What's that? It's got like kind of a formancy thing going on. Formancy? Formant. F O R M A N T. I'm actually not sure what that means. Sorry. What, what does that mean? Um, let me give you a definition, but it, it's what makes um, synth sound sound valley, valley. Oh, okay. Then yeah, maybe um, maybe, I, maybe it is. A formant by definition is several prominent bands of frequency that determine the phonetic quality of a, a vowel. It it is um, um double oscillator, and there is FM happening. So yeah, that probably would be fall into that definition. Right, but in um, in Serum there are multiple format filters that I highly recommend with the type of stuff you make looking into. I think you'd get a lot oh. of joy out of them. Okay. Oh yeah, I see them in the MISC section, format one, two, and three. I've never uh, yeah. touched that before. What is what Uda, is that? Claims he's um, working on more of them as well. Okay. That's cool. I'll he, I'll play around. One with time that. I had the pleasure of speaking with. Very cool. So yeah, Neo. The title of the track, Neoplasm. Um, I believe I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that that's like a fluid that is excreted by cancerous tumors. Um, it's an excessive growth of a cancerous tissue. Ah, uh, okay. There you go. So I just thought that I, that I, fit with the vibe. That yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I think uh, Retri's style is a little bit like crazy, and I like it. Uh, he did like that that lead melody at the beginning, and then in the first drop, I took that melody, put a different put it in a different sound, and changed it to like suit my style more. And uh, right. that was fun. I also added in like a Street Fighter Three Third Strike. You win. Yep. 
because that's one of my favorite games ever, and I just thought it would sound good there. Did I uh, did I hear what I thought was the uh, the cough from the bong rip of the first song? Oh yes. Um, it wasn't from that specifically, but I really like that you made that connection. I never even thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so does it go um, bong rip cough bong rip again, or does it go bong rip cough more coughing? What are we gonna hear um, in Teratoma? Or do we I want guess to have to listen and find out? Yeah, I'll leave that up to to when you listen to it, and you'll see. Well, now I'm excited. Nice. Same here. I do. I did want to touch base on the, you know, that main, the main drop there in the middle, bro. That sound was wide. You had a lot of stereo width on that. <laughs> yeah, that was a wide one. Absolutely. Just like was that was that was that the one where you had the the phasers and all that on it, or you know what else did you do um, to that? Let me see. I don't remember I'm gonna check right now I think uh, the sound you're talking about is that the one that like went for like twice as long as normal uh, that like kind of built up to the to the next sound like the big like build up swell kind of a sound is that the one you're uh, I think so hold on let me let me I, I, I know where the timestamp is give me just a second okay cool yeah, if you right. give me a timestamp, I can I can be a lot more uh, specific. More specific. Yes. Yeah, I know a lot of the build stuff was cool. You had like the sort of one sound that sort of shoot into the other one, kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let me see here. It reminded me of like a, a theme park ride, almost. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Like uh, I got like Space Mountain vibes. It's the uh, it's that bass synth from like one nineteen to one forty. Oh, okay, one nineteen. Oh, are you talking about like the the one underneath that's like one da 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 that one? Yeah, yeah. The it it's the bass synth, and it's I mean it's kind of dancing all over the place, and then hits a note real hard. But man, there's like. In my headphones, at least, I can hear like four different synthesizers hitting. Yeah, so that is because um, I okay, I'll tell you, uh, there's a lot going on with that sound. It's just one uh, serum, but I have hyperdimension, distortion, flanger, chorus. Uh, I put some delay on it. I have a compressor on it. I I did some EQing. I have two filters on it. Um, it's both oscillators. Uh, the first oscillator is FMing from B, and the second oscillator is FMing from the sub oscillator. So it's like a three oscillator, double FM, multi FX bass synth. So it's just a lot of FM, basically. Dude, that was nice. I, I heard that come in the track, and I was like, "Okay, that's that's wide. There's a there's a rich depth to that." Awesome. Yeah. I'm very glad that you liked it. Was there any uh, other sounds you were curious about? Uh, I like the coral pad. 
like kind of pop in and out every every now and again was that what right was... yeah for sure oh yeah the one that's kind of just like quiet and like built and slow filter sweep kind of a thing yeah for sure yeah it was a sick tune I don't think there's anything else that I have to talk about this one. So um, if you guys have any other questions about it, I'm super down to answer it. Otherwise, let me know if you want to go into the last one. Yeah, I mean, we can go into the next one. You could make up an elaborate backstory on how much it means to you or something, you know? <laughs> um, it doesn't I mean, mean I it. talk. It's, it's, it, honestly, it's ju I just made it because it was fun, and I enjoyed it a lot and i put i did put like you know my i effort into it it wasn't like a flippant thing right but i have no uh if you're referring to the tumorous aspect i have not dealt with that and i hope i never do and i feel horrible for anyone who has um no no i just i just meant that i don't know when i when i was in your seat not so long ago i was just making up bullshit about my songs for way too uh -oh. much time Oh, yeah, yeah. They, all of his songs ended up being uh, entirely about sex and reflecting his views on getting better at being uh, together with his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Correct. <laughs> gotcha. Well, actually, now that Neither you mentioned it, um, there is actually kind of like a hit, like a subliminal message of, of this track that I've I'll, ex I'll explain. It's kind of just my own interpretation of my own track. Like, you can interpret it however you like. But I can get into that after right. we listen to it. Well, I mean, yeah, but, but that's but that's that's how art works. Right. I got a very, Absolutely. I guess, fundamental level. Yeah, true, true. I can just, like, give my take on it since I made it. I don't know if that's, uh, that's relevant. Well, if you think it, if you think it benefits the work, obviously, yes, but Okay, yeah, absolutely. You know, we can just keep navel-gazing, I guess, if we wanted to. Yeah. All right, then. Um, okay, yeah, let's let's listen to uh, Teratoma. All right. A teratoma is a type of tumor that is composed of cells from other organs. Because of this, a teratoma can grow hair, teeth, or even eyes. When they were first discovered, these strange tumors resembled malformed fetuses. And that's why they were named teratomas, which comes from the Greek word for monster. This triggered an autoimmune response to cause her body's immune system to attack her own brain. Bizarre hallucinations. Horror. 
suffers inexplicable fits of delusion in intensive care. It was very, very frustrating to sit there and watch her scream. The type of antibodies that were found in the spinal fluid confirmed that this was not a psychiatric case. She had an MRI of her pelvis showed abnormalities. Fresh eyes. Finds the source. A teratoma on her ovaries. So I think in that sub song you were subliminally trying to tell us about what a teratoma is. Yes, well, yes, that is part of it. And that it's Greek? Are you Greek? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I've never taken a, a test. I don't know what I am. You are a mystery. I'm a mystery. Well, like academically, academically you've taken them, though, correct? Like a, what do you mean by that? Like standardized tests? Oh, well, yeah, I've taken tests, but I mean, I just meant I haven't taken like a saliva test to see where my where I am from, you know? Right, right. Like, I, I don't know if I'm Greek or not. I just thought that was an interesting tidbit to throw in there. I, I thought so as well. I get a lot of like Daft Punk vibes from this, and I hope you're not offended oh. by that. No, not at all. Uh, go on. I'm curious. Elaborate on that. Well, it was like the, you had like that kind of like almost like that uh, very Tron sort of ask um, lead in the middle there. Mm. A lot of it kind of reminded me of some of my favorite moments off of random access memories. Oh, awesome! No, that's a, I take that as a huge compliment. Actually, I'm not offended at all. 
Where did uh, where did all those audio samples come from? They were all over that song. Yeah. Um, so there's this documentary or something about Teratomas, and uh, I just kind of I just kind of took it and used it. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you know I used some other stuff, but yeah, for the most part, I just kind of chopped up and put bits of that in there. Nice. Um, right. Now, did you? How do you think that? No, Go ahead. Your show. You can talk. No, your show. You can talk. Uh, <laughs> did you want some of the music to follow that narration? Like around the minute and twenty mark, the music abruptly changes, and the voiceover is talking about delusion. Like, was that intentional? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean. Let me listen to it. There's a few points in there where it started to talk about horror, and then you go into um, like a big dubstepy thing, and then the delusion, and then it becomes like from dark to kind of bright. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I just thought it was cool to like. I thought it was scary, you know, to like talk about how it causes delusion and stuff like that. Um, right. It added to like the the horror of it, but the the funny part about this track to me is that um, the bright parts, um, to me, I didn't mean for this to happen, but as I listened to it, you know, when I finished it back a few months ago, I thought that it was like, <laughs> I thought, um, like, what about the teratoma? Like, how does the teratoma feel about getting removed? <laughs> and so that's kind of <laughs> like what the, the bright parts uh, feel to me. It's like the teratoma trying to be like, hey, I'm alive. Look at me go. <laughs> right. It's pretty. I just lives matter. Is that your <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. So yeah, that's like my that yeah, was my interpretation of it. Track in general was like very, very, very funny, and I hope that was intentional. It was, yeah. The I mean, it yes and no. Like, I I got like my music process is very like flow and stream of consciousness, so I kind of don't think very much, but. uh it ended up being that way and I kind of rolled with it. And yes, I, right. Right. I agree that it's very funny. Like there's definitely something goofy about like that first dubstep drop. And like, and I mean that and like, a, like, I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I do. I also think it's goofy. Yeah. And, and then like it just abruptly changing into like some kind of reggaeton beat. <laughs> it's, right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a goofy one. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate that. By the way, the music sort of juxtaposes itself against itself. Yeah, I think that's like, I guess that's the main theme you could say of this EP is the juxtaposition of light absolutely. and dark. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think it's more nuanced. I think it's more a nuance and more clever than that. Thank you. I mean, I think all of, you know, like all of life is in some ways a juxtaposition of light and dark, but I think it's more about the way you sort of find creative ways to do that and subvert yeah. your expectations about the way those things would relate to each other. Yeah. Without them feeling jarring, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, that that's something that I struggled with before, um, like a year ago. I would definitely have trouble with the transitioning between, because I would just make parts of a song and then get bored and make the next part of a song be super different and I just right, right. how to connect them. But I feel like I've figured that out 
by now. Well, I think that's like a thing a lot of like young producers like struggle with. Is yeah. like it's great that they have like so many disparate ideas because you don't want like a song to be too much like the same, or at least I don't. Um, but you also want things to connect in a sort of like smooth and logical but exciting way. And I think that's a exactly like almost as important as like the sections themselves. Yes, I agree completely. And it kind of uh, upsets me a little bit that a lot of producers will choose to forget the other ideas and just stretch out the one idea. And it, to right, me, exactly. it gets really boring. Um, I've met some people who like go down that path and their music to yep. me sounds very bland. Um, not all of the time. Sometimes they do a great job of making that one idea really work well. But just the overall like concept of only sticking with one idea just doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I think. Right, I can see. Yeah. Go ahead. Your show, Vadis. Keep going. No, I. Uh, I think it depends on the song too. Like I, I've had a couple tracks that are kind of the same theme all throughout. I've got one that just came out of me the other day that is kind of the same theme right now, but. I don't think you have, you know, the, the guys that go down that road, they do it for every single track. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, all right, the same thing for three minutes every time you release a song. So, right. I mean, I feel that way about like a Beatport's yeah. chart or particularly like everything on those charts is like that. I feel like a lot of the time they're just doing it so they're appealed to the mass market. And I just don't think that's what right. music is about. Right. It's about challenging the mass market, if you will but in that's, a way that's still uh, consumable to them. That's I I agree that that's a great way to do to go about it. I I would say that music is just about like whatever you want it to be, you know. Like if it and then if it ends up affecting the market in some way, that's kind of secondary to me. Right, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think it depends yeah, on like that's, what your goals are as an artist, yeah, right? Yeah, cuz some artists may uh, connect more with how their music comes off to to people. And that's totally fine. I think I'm just more of like an isolationist, and I just kind of, when people like give me critiques, um, I do listen to it very closely. But a lot of the time, I dis I discard a lot of their critiques regarding where the notes are placed or what sections should be moved, um, because it just doesn't feel right for me. Right. That's like the art. I mean, I've kind of been in the same way. Like, I'm like very reluctant to take um critiques on the art but very like happy to take them on the technical aspects of it yeah absolutely i, f I feel that way I, I do take critiques on the uh on the structure and the melodies and stuff too but a lot of the time it just doesn't matter like even if it technically would sound better to a classically trained ear it's still not my song so it just it's it's right yeah you get it yeah, for sure. I mean, the you make music for you, and if other people happen to like it, cool. If not, whatever, you know? Exactly, yeah. That That's, yes, I feel that way. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of ties us to sort of some of the closing questions. Like, we've heard your work and are obviously kind of very impressed by it. Thank um, you. Like where, what are your ambitions with what you're doing? So I started, I'll just, let me think. So I started with FL Studio when I was like 13 or something, and I just made like one or two tracks a month. Um, 
on and off. Like I would make a track and then like a couple months later I'd make another track. I was not very good at it, but that's just kind of what opened the door to production. Um, and then uh, what happened is, is I had like a kind of a traumatic event happen in my life last year. Um, and my way of dealing with that was just getting better at production and releasing an album. So that's when I decided to take it seriously. And uh, now uh, I've released two albums and an EP this year. And now I'm kind of just going with the flow. I'm kind of taking a break almost, but not really. Like, I don't want to be taking a break, but I just am. And I, I, I'm frustrated, to be honest. But um, as for the future, I would say, you know, I don't really have any goals. I think it would be really cool if I had, like, a cult following, just, like, a handful of people who were, like, listen, like a frequent listeners of my music. Like, just a small fan right. base would be more than enough you're like not trying to make like a st structured career out of it or anything no i definitely am not interested in being a professional or like you know i'm not interested in making it my career path um because i feel like it's too risky and hard and i just don't i don't know like i feel like if i start treating it like that then i'm gonna start losing something because i've done that with other things before like gaming um and it just kind of ruined it a little bit so i think right. just taking it like as a hobby and just like something that i do to like fulfill an urge and like to express creativity and that's it not like thinking about any money or any career that helps me like stay focused right absolutely couldn't agree more yeah 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 i mean i think all of us are in that sort of same boat awesome yeah i think that's the way to or go it's kind of you don't really have you kind of don't have a choice in making it yeah but okay. at the same time it's you know it's like but it's like one part of the impression i guess yeah so did you it, it it's off the topic of the teratoma ep but did you write all of the songs on all of your stuff on spotify this year yeah i did it all except for that one collab track, which he helped me with a little bit on that one track. So that's 37 songs in nine months. Kind of uh, insane. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it's, uh, let's see. So the first album came out in January, second album came out in May, and then the TP came out in June. So that's 37 songs in one, two, three, four, five, six months. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. How yeah? How many hours are you putting on average into a track like that? <laughs> We're no hearing joke. here. That's a good question. Um, give me a like. Ask me a track. I'll pull it up and check the hours. Um, Teratoma. That's, okay. that's the title track, star of the show here. Yeah. All right, I'm pulling it up. I'll I'll tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um. I've gotten that a few times that I'm like very fast. I feel like that has something to do with, first of all, I just, my personality type is extremely lazy. I hate doing anything. So I'll find pretty much, I'll try to find like the quickest way to do it. So I have to do the least amount of work. So I guess that right, kind, kind of, of resistance. 
Yes. So I guess that kind of uh, ended up working out really well with music production because finding shortcuts without like, like just finding your own shortcuts, what works for you, just kind of like, yeah, it just helps. It makes it speeds it up a lot. And then I also just feel like I had a lot of back. I had a lot backlogged. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've been listening to music like in like with intent, not just like in the background, like with intent for like over a decade, probably, probably, um, no, not over a decade, but a, a long time for like, since I was like 12, 11, I yeah. since, since, uh, Skrillex and Claypex, I was really starting to like a, a get into the appreciation of it and analyzing ooh, it. Oh, Claypex. I haven't heard that name in a minute. Oh yeah. That was my favorite. Um, on Teratoma though, I just pulled it up and it says I spent nine hours and 36 minutes on that on that project. That is insanely productive for that amount of time. That really is. I'll, I'll spend nine cool. hours on the first minute of my songs. Huh. You'll spend nine hours getting your synth sound. I'll, I'll spend nine months getting my synth sound. I'm talking about just the structure. That's nine hours. F-Punk will spend two weeks getting a synth sound. Well, I don't. They're lazy, though. They're lazy and rich, though. Oh, yeah. They don't have to uh, do it quickly, do they? Well, I think that I've heard somewhere, quoting it, even though I don't know where it came from, and it's probably wrong, that they consider music more of a hobby. Oh, that's that's interesting. Which is just because, like, they're, they come from money. So the oh. idea that, like, the most sort of successful, you know, electronic music act of all time in i guess my opinion is it's just like it's just a hobby for them it's kind of great yeah that's cool i like that yeah they're just like oh uh, we, we do this in between our our boat trips and stuff <laughs> yeah right this is court tron and did a great job i mean what the fuck is that all about just came out well the they were bored in monaco so they went and, you know <laughs> just composed one of the best like cyberpunk tra uh, soundtracks ever. They brought the punk. They did. And the punk. And the cyber. Yes. Um, even that, what is what was the subliminal message from Teratoma? Oh, uh, that kind of was it. Like that the Teratoma has a mind of its own and that it's kind of like, it's alive. Oh, gotcha. That it's like a consciousness maybe. Like it's just playing with the idea in a funny way. Just like poking fun at it at that philosophical idea gotcha all right so do we have any closing remarks do we want to plug our socials bad do you have anything to plug uh no i'm good for this week um if you want to follow me i'm on every major streaming platform just starblade um also on twitter i'm starblade uh, what am i on twitter actually i forget but on uh, Instagram, I'm Starblade Official. Um, on Twitter, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm just Starblade with a one instead of an L, so at Star B One Aid. Um, and then my Bandcamp uh, is definitely the best way to check out and like support me directly, because you can listen to any all my music for free on there, uh, streaming. And then if you want to support uh, me in any way, that's the best way to do it, because you know Spotify pays like. Like I don't even know half a penny per play, so it's pretty bad. It's it's much less than that. 
as fuck. It's like it's point zero zero four three percent four three cents per point. Yeah, with well with a decimal point and then two zeros. Yes, that, that's correct. So it's it's four four thousandths of a penny per play. All right, then yeah, fan camp is the way to go. <laughs> And right. uh, look forward to any future projects. I'll just be releasing it, you know, on major platforms. And yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever you whenever you want to come back on and talk about a future project, you 100 of an open invitation to do so. Next, oh, next week, I'd love to. Next week, yeah, no, yeah. Good. Next week, next yeah, week, he's got that'll put my speed twenty more songs. <laughs> All right. Oh, if man. you if you write twenty songs as good as the ones you did that we heard today. In the next week, we'll have you on for a second week in a row. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. He's gonna do it. <laughs> Monday, he's gonna be like, "Check would, out my new album." Oh my gosh, I would. I would love so. Me too, honestly. I I would love to get some more music out. I I I need to find a motivator. I'll use that. Thanks. Okay, there we go. I'll do my best. Starblade, uh, writer to the stars. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I, I usually I find a way to make someone say something like dirty or something to end on, and I'm just like oh. having a hard time finding a good end note here. I mean, I could just say a dirty word for you, just throw you a bone if you want. Perfect. All right, uh, boobs. Boobs, everyone. Starblade. Teratoma's the EP. Check it out.